good, Lincoln City Church? And all the time, God is good. You know, it's amazing that the Lord, it's so exciting to be a part of what God is doing. And a church, who would have thunk it? A church in Lincoln, Nebraska will have such global reach. And you don't have to be thousands of people to have impact in the world. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting for your faith to catch up with mine. Amen. You don't. You know, and the other thing I didn't highlight, our founding pastor, Pastor Jerry, is an extension of this church also. And he's, 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 he's ministering to the body of Christ all over the world. This whole week he's been everywhere in Southeast Asia, Sri Lanka, Singapore, Malaysia, speaking to families, speaking to leaders, and just, and it's an extension of us. It's an extension of us. You know, so I've been in contact with them. They just finished a family camp, uh, speaking to 500 families in Colombo, Sri Lanka this week. Last week, they were in Malaysia, uh, speaking to a group of leaders there and churches uh, the whole week, you know, and then, then they go back to Singapore, and then they come to, to the States again. That is an extension of us, and it's amazing. I, I'm excited to be a part of that church like that. I'm excited to do that. This morning, we're going to go to the Word of God. If you have your Bible, I do have the scripture up there as well, uh, not for to be lazy, but get your Bible to Genesis, uh, not Genesis, but Psalm chapter 1, Psalm chapter 1. The title of the message today is blessed. Come on, say blessed. I have to add that drug. In Kenya, you just have to really pronunciate every syllable. So you're really blessed. Look at the person next to you and say, you are blessed. The other person, now the other person, you tell him, I am blessed. I want to tell you this morning that you are a blessed person. You are a blessed person person. You're blessed to be alive. How many woke up this morning and just said, Lord, thank you for a new day. Thank you, Lord, that I'm blessed to see another day. See, the Bible says that today is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. That is a choice that you make. You can wake up, maybe you woke up this morning and you want feeling good, or there are so many things going on in your life that aren't so good, but you can wake up and think, you know what? No matter what's going on in my life today, I am thankful for the day that the Lord has given me. I purpose in my heart, I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad. I'm going to celebrate because today is a gift from God. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen. Psalm chapter one, verse one says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. No stands in the path of sinners, no sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates on it day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, isn't that cool? Right there. How many would love to have that in your life? That everything you do prospers. He says, for the ungodly, not so. It's a different story. They are like the chaff, which wind drives away, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. We learned about the ways of the Lord last week, but there is a way of the righteous. And it says that the Lord knows the ways of the righteous, But the way of the wicked, the way of the ungodly will perish. How many are blessed to be blessed? I'm just blessed by the fact that to know that you are blessed. Sometimes by the usage of the term being blessed, 
are just a blessing. Overusage, inappropriately being used. We water down the wealth that is embedded in that word, what it means to be blessed. If you know me, or you come really close, I guess my family uh, kind of has gotten the, the raw end of this. I'm the mightiest sneezer you would ever meet. If I, if I sneeze, everybody knows someone sneezes because it's loud, it's mighty, it's enough to actually shake up a house. And so the other day I'm walking, um, um, just going down, doing, busy doing my own business in the house and all that. And, uh, and the feeling came. And I tell you, if you, if you don't sli- sneeze good, I gotta just tell you, let you in. If your sneeze is really tiny, I think, <laughs> you're missing out because the mighty sneeze comes with it. Just a great mighty sense of relief. You're like, ah, that feels so good. And so I'm going doing my own business and I just, the feeling is coming and I know the sense of relief after that is going to be incredible. Nobody's watching around us, so I think, and I just let it out. I just let it out. And some little person imitated and just came in and mimicked what I did. I'm like, ah, the kid goes, ah, it was my four-year-old, Eli. And the person says, Dad, you're supposed to say, excuse me. And then I'm supposed to say, bless you. Oh, I was like, okay, excuse me, and <laughs> bless you, you know. And sometimes we, it's kind of reduced to where we bless because of that. Or just how we use the word sometimes. We don't realize how beautiful, how incredible, how privileged it is to be a blessed person. My friend in the New Orleans tells me that, you know, in the South, in, in New Orleans, they tell you, bless your heart. And that's usually after they've kind of ripped you apart. And they say, hey, bless your heart. It's not, it's usually, it's a sarcastic statement. It's not usually that they are blessing you. But I want to tell you, that the blessing of the Lord is something that we ought not to take lightly. Because the blessing of the Lord is mighty. When your life is blessed, <laughs> it's what the world tries to think um, uh, of, and I'm gonna, <clears throat> of happy, being happy, being content. And being happy is only scratching the surface of what being blessed is. Being happy We try to do all sorts of things in order to be happy, to find that peace, to find that security, to look around your life and say, man, this is a great life. This is a good life. This is the way I've always pictured it. But being blessed goes beyond that because blessing is coming. The the blessing comes from God directly. Blessing is, is beyond happiness. It brings contentment into every part of our lives. And here we are told in the scripture uh, in verse, um, um, Three, it tries to give us a picture of how a blessed life looks like. He says, it shall be, he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of waters, that, the, that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaves also will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. There's an old song we used to sing, that my hands are blessed with the blessings of God. How many know that song? It was a little chorus. Everything I touch surely must be blessed. I guess maybe it was African. But it's a remember, you know, that you know what? Look at your hands. Your palm is like no other. Your imprint is like no other. 
One in seven billion right now. And your hands are blessed with the blessings of God. Well, you got to remember that sometimes. you got to remind yourself sometimes, I might be discouraged, but I am blessed. I might be broke, but I am blessed. I might be weak, but I am blessed. Just when the enemy tries to bring a spirit of discouragement in you, he says, ha, 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 ha. I am blessed with the blessings of God. God initiated and put a ble- spoke a blessing over each one of our lives from the very beginning. When you created humanity, he, put, he spoke a blessing over humanity. But the enemy of our souls, the devil, wants to sneak in and steal the blessing from us. And he did it from the beginning of time. He started it with Abraham, uh, Adam and Eve. And he robbed them of the blessing, but he didn't take it without their permission. But he deceived them into thinking of forgetting how blessed they really were. That the the grass would be greener if they went the other way. That maybe there's something better. There's nothing better than being in God's will. And so that initiated, as you see in Genesis chapter 1, the curse. God never cursed people. He spoke blessing to you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the plans. You all know it. That I have concerning you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and to give you hope. God wants, he's thinking about blessing of your life. In Jeremiah it says also that, uh, that even before you are conceived in your mother's wombs, I knew you. And he called you blessed. He bestowed his blessings in your life. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you belong to. <clears throat> we describe the rivers. The, uh, it's like a river that's planted, by, uh, a pre-tree that's planted, firmly planted by the rivers of waters, whose leaves will not wither, but whatever it does will prosper. In this psalm, we're also told some things to watch out for that will steal your blessing. So that if, you, if, we, if we don't, if you're not careful... We might lose the blessing. We might walk around as unblessed people when God already is speaking greatness in your life. He's speaking fulfillment in your life. He's speaking joy over your life. But he says there are some things that come and will corrupt that blessing. And you'll start living way beneath what was originally designed for you. We try to measure blessing. Well, actually, we don't try to measure blessing, but oftentimes uh, we think of finances and, uh, uh, and money and uh, material things. And, you know, that can be part of the blessing. But how many know that it goes beyond that? Well, say they say money can't buy you happiness. But can you be blessed and be prosperous? It's a question, not a trick one. I'm waiting for a response. You could be blessed, you could be prosperous and be blessed. Can you be broke and be blessed? This is a good church. Because the blessing begins from who you are within, doesn't it? It's not without. And the blessing is not just measured by material things, even though it might include material things. 
But the blessing begins in knowing the person of the Holy Spirit, knowing the person of Jesus Christ, knowing the Lord. That's where when we get to know the Lord, what we do is you're breaking that curse that came in disobedience from Adam and Eve and entering into the realm of reclaiming that which was stolen from us. That's why we are born again. We are born into a family. We are born into Christ. And we come back to be restored to what God says from the beginning was already ours. I want to go back <clears throat> for the things that you see the Bible says will still our blessing sometimes. It says, the blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. The world system, the world agenda, the way of life in the world will try to pull you into thinking like the world thinks. Filtering your life through the lenses of how the world interprets life. The way the world interprets marriage relationship with your common man, the way you handle finances, the way you raise your children, the way you educate your children, the way you live your life. And here the scripture says, do not let that counsel control your life because there is a better place. There is a better system than the system of the world. It's a good place to say amen. And I've come to realize that sometimes we think that the cancer is always confiding with non-believers of our huge matters, which I'm saying, don't go there. Don't go there. When you're fighting with your wife or your husband, don't go to your old friends back in the day that want to validate why you're treated unfairly. Because that's how to ruin your marriage. Because they would do it the way they feel it should happen. They feel it's the right way. It says, be careful who you receive counsel from. Be careful who speaks into your soul. Be careful the, the voices that you allow in your life. It says, do, blessed is the man or woman who does not receive counsel from the ungodly. Sometimes we do that. But there are times we're not even soliciting for counsel. But the way the system works, the counsel is pounded on you through entertainment, through advertisements, commercial interest, and the culture, the spirit of the age. The Bible says we're, gonna, we're supposed to be like men of Issachar. Who understood the time that they are living in. Sometimes you're not. You're just going around. Your own business. But we are letting things into our lives. That begin to shape how we think. Begin to shape how we see life. And they are guided and directed by ungodly men. I've seen a danger even in the church. 
But we change even our way of worship, of way of walking even our spiritual life and try to look like the world. When God's planted us to be the light of the world. Because we are driven by this need and this of uh, 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 being accepted. We're driven by this need of belonging. Of not looking weird, out of touch with, uh, with society and what's going on and what's in. And it's a, it's, a, it's a deceptive thing if you were to think of it. Because we have this drive and interest to want to belong, to want to look like somebody else, to want to fit into the culture, to want to... And yet God created all of us, not to fit in, but to stand out. You're designed by your master uniquely. No person will ever walk the planet. There'll be a clone of you. You're brought into the world for such a time as this. And the Lord says, I have blessed you with my blessing. Everything you touch will be blessed. Everywhere you walk will be blessed. Your job will be blessed because you're there. Joseph was a blessed man. Joseph went through trials like you wouldn't believe it. But Joseph ended up, ended up in prison for something he didn't even do. And he says that even the jailers were blessed because Joseph was there. When he walked as a, as a servant of Potiphar, he is a slave servant. But his master was blessed. Why? Because a blessed man was in the house. Your employer should be blessed by your presence. They should fill the void when you leave that there's something good departed. Because you're blessed. When you came to Christ, his hand came over your life. Quit trying to feed in. Quit trying to please people. Quit trying to be like somebody else. Remember there's a lot more in your life. There's a God who created you, who loves you, and made you who you are. He says that how you do this, he said, do not be influenced by the world system. Do not receive counsel from the ungodly because that will corrupt the blessing that God's already put in your life. The rivers, a tree planted by the banks of the river, Family planted. I remember, you know, I grew up in Kenya and I go to Kenya all the time. Anytime I get an opportunity to, if you would. And one of the things, you always have to connect your flights through Europe. It's a lot just easier that way. And so for about three hours, you're flying over the Sahara Desert, you know, all, all through the northern parts of Africa to get to Kenya. And it's amazing how large, how large the landscape is, the, 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 the desert is. You know, as you fly just for hours and hours, you can get bored. I always like to kind of look because it's just hours and hours and hours of just sand and desert. And you'll run into pockets where you see an oasis. And there's life there. And people will congregate. People that live in those uh, sparse areas, they'll go where the oasis is. It's green, just a green patch in the middle of just a mighty desert. And the Bible says that a blessed person it's kind of like that. What around you can be going 
crazy. They could be lifeless. It could be hopeless. It could be like, wow, things are falling apart. But because of what's in you, it's like an oasis of life. Can I remind you again that you are blessed? You have nothing that you're lacking when you have Christ. You're an oasis in the middle of depraved land. And the river is the Holy Ghost in your life. The Spirit of God that He put in us, the Spirit of life. A tree. So, in verse 2, it goes on and says that he's not receiving counsel from the ungodly. He's not letting the, 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 the world system corrupt the way they think, the way they interpret everything. The truth of the matter is this. The world system, as good as sometimes might look, it's fallen. It has a very bad track record. A bad track mar- record on marriage bad track record on, on, on finances. We're swimming in debt. Unimaginable cases. If you look at the national debt, it's, it's discouraging. It's past the GDP. We don't see it and all that. So the, the world system is a failing system. We can fashion our, world, our lives under that. But it says there's an alternative for us to keep the blessing flowing in our lives. How many thank God that there is an alternative? It says the righteous person, this blessed person, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates on it day and night. His delight is in the law of the Lord, verse 2. And in his law he meditates upon it day and night. We don't fashion our lives under the world system, but we fashion our lives under God system. The Bible is a complete counsel of God. This is a full counsel of God. God has speaking things in your life, over your life, concerning every matter in life. And there's counsel. There's some good things here. It says they, they meditate on it. I know sometimes we think about meditation in the English language, and it's more of a, of a contemplation, quietness. How many think of it that way, you know? Because that's our, our language. I'm gonna. I'm getting hot. Is it the fire of God? Is just hot in here? Well, I hope it's the fire of God. But I tell you, no matter what pressures of life we get, no matter how things change in our world, we cannot depart. For the tri- from the tried and true word of God. We cannot depart from the ways of God. There will be some creativities that will come out there. There are some alternatives that will come and even appear good on the outside. The Bible says that the heaven and earth will pass away as we know it. But this word will always remain. You want to stay blessed? You keep your life rooted in his word. You keep your life planted on the word. Sometimes it's harder. But a lot of times it's not as hard as sometimes we want to make it look like. It's always 
better. It's always better. All right. Let's try this again. It's always better. God's ways are always better. There's even when sometimes we may, it may look like it's harder. But it's not. In the end, if you want to live a blessed life, to see a blessing that goes from generation to generation, to see a blessing in everything you do, God's ways are always better. They are far more superior than anything the world could ever come up with. All the knowledge of the world combined is just a shadow of what God's word is. God's ways work. You know why it doesn't, things don't always work out for believers? It's because we're not always doing God's ways. We learned that last week. We're not putting our full money, if you would, into his side. We're not putting our full weight on God's side. We reserve a little bit, just in case the plan B. We hold out. But when we trust the Lord, when he trusts his word, especially in these times that we are living it, when everything is being challenged, I was going to say by the wisdom of the world. No, by the stupidity of the world. That appears as wisdom. In the end, it leads to destruction. We can count on God's word, people. We can count on it. You can put that in the bank. And, I've, and you see people that plant their lives on the word. Year in and year out. Living their lives there is lasting fruit that goes beyond their lifetime. See, the world gauges things like success. It says this person will be success, success, successful in everything they do. We gauge success many times by the outside appearance of things. They look good. They drive the newest F-150. Or the BMW, and that looks good on the outside. Nothing wrong with all that, but we gauge it sometimes with that, even though it could be part of the blessing, but it's not all there is to blessing. Are you with me? Let me give you a, a, a biblical example. Two kings in Israel, Solomon and David. Both loved the Lord, both prophets. David was a man of war, got Israel to a good place. He wanted to build a temple for God. Because they were, his worship was in a tent. He worshiped in a tent. David, all he wanted after he started becoming prosperous is to build the Lord a magnificent house that says it's worthy for the Lord. He didn't get to do that. The Lord would not let David carry out the plan. Solomon, his son, got to do it. He built a magnificent, magnificent temple. 
everything was absolutely as beautiful as you could ever imagine. Expensive, outlandish. Even outsiders walk and they say, wow, God must be with him. And God was with Solomon. David, at the end of his life, all he could talk about is the house of the Lord. All he could talk about is the beauty of his presence. The Lord's testimony on David is a man after my own heart. A guy that says, you know, one thing I desire of the Lord, and that only will I seek, Psalm 27, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Has such joy. At the end of his life, we, we get the book of Psalms. And you pick up one we're reading from it right now. Even when you're down, it picks you up. He goes, oh, though my enemies may come against him, my God is the strength of my life. I will not be afraid of the terror by night. God is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Beautiful words of praise. Solomon ends his life. And we get the book of Ecclesiastes. If I pronounce that right, like probably Kenyan way is better. And what does Solomon say in his life in the end? Because absorbs out everything in life. Being rich, I've had it all. Being poor, ha! Huh, all these things. And it's all vanity. Oh boy, that guy talks about vanity like nobody else. But if we interpreted success based on what we saw, Solomon was way higher. Wisdom, creativity. People will say, wow, they'll come in for him to execute judgment on them because he had the wisdom of God in his life. But he finishes his race by calling everything vanity. It's all worthless. I want to be David. I want to finish my life to say, hey, hey, one thing I desire. It's not vanity, it's joy. It's awesomeness. It's praise. It's thanksgiving. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. To just be in his presence. I love it. One thing I desire, that, that one thing, to behold the beauty of the Lord. To enjoy the fullness of the blessings of God in my life. So if you've been discouraged sometimes because the outside doesn't always correspond to what you think the inside should be, you get back to the Word so that the insides of you are always reminding yourself of how blessed you really are. Reminding yourself of what a privilege it is to know the Lord Jesus Christ. At the end of the chapter that we read, it talks about how the way of the wicked I'm just messing stuff up here. Let me read the last verses before we worship here. But the, it says that the, and the uh, verse 5, Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the day of judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the weak ungodly will perish. You know what it's trying to tell us there? Keep some perspective here. 
It's not about the here and now only. There's an eternal perspective in life. This is only a part of the journey, my friends. Only a teary part of it. There's not one pastor, I can't think of his name, from California who had this rope. And Penny just a really, still has, do you have your rope in your bag today? What's I not having? Maybe. Uh, okay, the one day she doesn't have the rope. But anyway, he, he, what he did, he was trying to illustrate this, and he had uh, just the longest rope that was kind of endless and painted a little red color at the beginning. And his point was, you know, sometimes we worry, we fear, we get all upset because of that tiny little red part of what the life is in the scope of all eternity. And all the worry and the fear and the depression and the um, uh, excuses and the comparisons and the envy and the malice and the fighting and the what. This is only in that tiny little bit. Because we forget that for the righteous, when you get salvation, we're talking about eternal life. We're talking about endless, endless joy. It's like, so what if I had to go through a few bad things? If I know the end of the righteous. And the Lord says, don't be envious of the wicked, even if they seem prosperous sometimes more than you. He says their way ends. It comes to an end. Yours goes on and on and on and on. They tried the true, the word. He says the righteous. They meditate on the word day and night. And it's not just contemplation. You know what that word in Hebrew means? It's kind of like talking, repeating those things um, um, continually. That's the, the, the word itself, it's not, it's not just being mm, meditate on it. It's speaking back what the word says about you. When the enemy confronts you, with a message of fear and intimidation. You remind him of who you are. Remind him that I am blessed beyond a curse. No one can curse what God has called blessed. When I receive Jesus in my life, I receive the blessings, the mother of all blessings. I'm a blessed man. I'm a blessed woman. My family is blessed. My, fam- my finances are blessed. My health is blessed. Everything about me is blessed. Thank you very much. You say it. Don't let him silence you. You speak it. You decree that word. It says that you shall decree the word. It shall be established. What word? His word. What he says concerning you. How many feel blessed? So when you go out to your week... You're going to get assaulted. What are you going to say? Don't just think it. Speak it. I'm almost singing that African song. But I don't know if I have enough people. And Mara says, don't even do it. And I'm blessed enough to know that you listen to what your wife tells you. I'm blessed. I'm embarrassing her. 
<laughs> but I tell you, our young people are being assaulted. Our children are being assaulted. Every day, you're being challenged. You're getting challenged by what you stand on. Don't let doubt creep in. The people challenging you don't have the answers. Did you hear what I said? The system that's putting an assault and challenging the way of God, they don't know the answer. They're challenging to challenge, but they don't know the answer. But not so we do. Don't get yourself caught up with silly arguments. You remember you're blessed. (laughs) You know you're blessed. They can argue till they turn blue. You know what the Lord has done in you. And I said this before and I'll say it again. This is a pet peeve of mine. When I see believers blaming the system for why our life is not going well. Can I, some of you are like, what do you mean by that? Let me tell you what I mean by that. Say issues that change in our society, political decisions, things like taking prayer out of the school, things like forcing things on people that they don't believe in. That should have no effect at all on the body of Christ. You take prayer out of the school. I'm still going to pray. My prayer is not effective just because it's within the confines of the school. I will prayer walk every morning around the school next to my house. Are you with me? Our prayers are not inhibited. There's no limitation. They're not taking prayer out of the church. And even if they do, I'll still pray. You see how the the thing is twisted? So we get ourselves fighting a different kind of battle when we actually should be fighting a spiritual kind of battle. The prayer meeting should be the largest meeting in the church. Jesus only labeled his church one label, a house of prayer. Do you know they keep ban prayer everywhere in public forum? But if we pray, things will still happen. We are blessed. That's what I'm looking for. We are. Because Christ is with us. Amen. Boy, I could go on and on. But I want you to remember that you're a blessed person. And I tell you, Christianity is moving and being advanced in some of the most hostile countries in the world. That's the most fired up believers you meet. People that live in deplorable conditions. But they are able to see beyond that. Because they know how blessed they are. That they know Jesus. They know that the kingdom changes from inside out. Amen? I could go on, but I will not. 
Because I want us to turn that blessing to the one who deserves. I want us to stand up together and worship today. And thank God for his blessings on us. Come on. Worship team, you can come up as I pray.